Hey, mate, 50 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. Hi, I'm Gary Duncan, and it's good to be here for the Midday Moments program. And it's time now for our moment on the lighter side. And this afternoon, we're bringing uh, back our guest we had for the last couple of weeks. We're bringing back Dr. Luke. Hi, doctor. Well, no, no, howdy, Doctor Luke. No, no, welcome back, Doctor Luke. Uh, Let me ask you a question, Doctor Luke. Those chocolates you gave me last week—did you do anything to them? Well, uh, do, do anything? <laughs> well, why? Uh, uh, well, yes, I did. Uh, you see, I sprinkled them there chocolates with my latest medical miracle cure, Doctor Luke's. Amazing hair-growing food additive. Uh, well, Dr. Luke, it worked. It, I grew hair all right. Hee-haw, I knew, Mr. Duncan. If we kept trying, we'd cure that baldness of yours. <laughs> uh, not exactly. Uh, I, I grew hair, but not on my head. I grew it all over my stomach. Now I kind of look like a grizzly bear. Well, you know, I do have a ready supply of Dr. Luke's amazing hair-removing plaster. Dr. Luke... If we can, let's just finish up last week's Bible study, uh, the story we were talking about, and, and let's just forget about this hair problem of mine. Okay, well, whatever you say, Mr. Duncan. Now, last week you began telling us about the miraculous resurrection of the widow's son at the city of Nain. In this story that is unique to your gospel, which is, by the way, the only reason you're here with me today. Unfortunately, you, you know this story better than anyone else. Well, again, uh, sorry about the hairy belly, Mr. Duncan, uh, uh, but you're right. I was the only one to record this miracle, and as I said last week, I did so to prove that Jesus is Lord. That is to say, Jesus is the same almighty, all-powerful God who is at work in the Old Testament. Oh, excuse me. Not only do I have all this hair in my belly, it's kind of itchy. I'm not used to all this. <laughs> Sorry, why? Well, you know, I have I have Dr. Luke's amazing anti-itch medicine, too, if you're interested in that. Uh, don't think so. Uh, let me all scratch right. that. Now that feels better. And uh, you also said that Jesus performed this miracle not only out of concern for the widow, man, that itches, and her son, but he also had someone else in mind who would benefit from this story. Uh, that's true, and, and we'll get to that in a moment. But let me first show you how I emphasize that Jesus was Lord. If you read from our gospel, uh, Luke 5, verse 11. hope the hair doesn't get in your way there. <laughs> I hope not. So, okay, here's, here's the verse. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Now, now, you'll note there I mentioned Jesus had compassion on this widow. Well, why wouldn't he? The woman had lost her husband, and now she's lost her only son. That would move anyone to pity. 
but the word I used for compassion there is a special one in the Bible. It comes from the Greek word for guts. <laughs> well, actually, more accurately, uh, the key internal organs like the liver and the heart. That's their doctor talk. <laughs> Don't, don't say gut. It reminds me how itchy that stomach is, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring that up. Yeah. Well, so it makes sense because compassion usually refers to a feeling that comes deep from within. So what makes this word so special? Well, with the exception of a couple of parables, this particular word in the Bible for compassion is used only of God. I think even in those parables, it could be argued that those who show compassion actually are meant to represent God. Why would that be, Dr. Luke? Are you saying that men are incapable of experiencing pity? Oh, no, not at all. I, I'm just suggesting there, there's a big difference between pity and the word here that is translated compassion. Sure, men can feel pity about the plight of this widow, but sadly... Uh, enough. There, there's nothing we can do about it, even a doctor like myself. Compassion in the Bible is a word reserved for God, for he not only has a heartfelt concern for us, but by golly, he can do something about that concern, as is illustrated in the next verse in my gospel. Read on there, Mr. Duncan. Okay. Then Jesus came up and touched the beer. Now, the beer, that's kind of like a stretcher, isn't it? Right, where they were carrying the body. Okay. And the bearer stood still, and he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. Well, <clears throat> I think my point is pretty obvious. Only the Lord, only the Almighty God can bring the dead back to life. But read the next verse as well. And the dead man sat up and begun to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Oh, you remember that Old Testament story we, we talked about last week? Oh, sure. that The one where the prophet Elijah is living with a widow and her son died. Oh, that's the one. As you remember, Elijah also restores that son to life and then presents him back to his mother. In my gospel, when I say Jesus gave him to his mother, that is a word-for-word -word quote from the Old Testament story. Except, of course, I was talking about Jesus rather than Elijah. I can see why you would do that. There are a lot of parallels between those accounts. They both involve a widow whose only son had died. They both involve a miraculous resurrection from the dead. Oh, but there's one crucial difference. Now, just how did Elijah bring that boy back to life? Oh, well, I, I have that bookmarked right here from last week. Then Elijah stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he was revived. You see, Elijah, he had to pray to the Lord to revive that young man. But my, in my account, Jesus doesn't do any praying. He just speaks, and the boy lives. The reason, of course, is Jesus doesn't have to pray to the Lord because... Jesus is the Lord. I see the point you're making here. Jesus is the Lord of life and death. He, he was so in the Old Testament, so he is also in the New Testament. Well, just one more illustration from my account. Read how the crowd responds in the next verse. 
Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. Now, there's nothing remarkable about that first statement. A great prophet has arisen among us. Uh, the crowd might be saying nothing more than that there is someone here as great as Elijah. But it's the next comma that is striking. Right. Here they are saying that God himself has come to his people. Jesus is Lord. Of course, uh, this is nothing new as far as my gospel is concerned. But I go back to the opening chapters, and you'll see when the angel came to Mary. He told her the child would be called the Son of the Most High. And later the angel called that little baby, Holy, the Son of God. And I remember when Elizabeth later met Mary, she called her the Mother of my Lord. And when the angels made their announcement to the shepherd, they also called Jesus Christ the Lord. Oh, hee-haw, now you got it. I've been making that point from the beginning. Jesus is the Lord. That is, he is the same God who ruled over the Old Testament. Okay, I, I see your point, Dr. Luke. This whole story is to confirm that Jesus is the Lord Almighty. But you said when Jesus did this, he had someone other than just the widow and her son in mind. What did you mean by that? Well, read on, and you'll see exactly what I mean. Sometimes it's important to know the context to fully understand the meaning of, of my gospel. Okay, so I'll continue on with Luke chapter 7. The disciples of John reported all these things to him, and John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us, saying, are you the one who has come, or shall we look for another? You know, last week we, we commented how, on how this story of the young man uh, brought back to life is hardly the pattern of Christian life as we know it. I agree, Dr. Luke. Sometimes doctors can heal people who have been really sick, but I've never known any instance where they've been able to bring someone back from the dead. Now, when I recorded this story, I, I was fully aware of that fact. And when Jesus did this miracle, he also realized this is not the pattern his followers usually experience. He certainly knew it would not be the pattern for his dear friend, John the Baptist. No miraculous healing for John. No last-minute escape from death or resurrection. John would be martyred there in the dungeon of King Herod. But Jesus worked that miracle in the city of Nain with John the Baptist in mind. Read on if you would. And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead rise up. The poor have good news preached to them. The dead are raised up. Jesus wanted John the Baptist to understand he wasn't wrong in being Jesus' forerunner. John wasn't wrong in pointing his disciples to Jesus, the Lamb of God. John was right. Jesus was the Lord. And he is the Lord, not only when things work out the way we want them, but he's also Lord when things don't. In fact, he is still our Lord, even when we die. Can I tell you something significant about this Jesus, who is Lord and God? What's that, Dr. Luke? Well, you think it's something special that Jesus could take a young man who'd been dead for a few days and bring him back to life? Well, that's nothing. The Lord can take our loved ones 
who have lain in the grave for years, whose bones have returned to dust and, and even bring them back to life. He is so powerful, he can even give them a body like unto his glorious body. Which is really not surprising when you think about it, Dr. Luke. Well, what you mean, Mr. Duncan? Well, you've gone to great lengths to show that Jesus is Lord and he is the same God that we come to know in the Old Testament. You know what the Lord did in the Old Testament. He took a pile of dust, formed it into a body, and breathed life into it. If you could do that to create a man, I'm sure you could restore man as well. Oh, I tell you what, Mr. Duncan, sometimes you're, you're fairly smart. <laughs> well said. And so that's the point of my little story of the widow and her son. Jesus is Lord. I mean, he's Lord whether things go the way we want or when things go horribly wrong. He is the Lord of life and death. And uh, well, one final thing, Mr. Duncan, I, I'm, I am truly sorry about your hairy belly, but I hope you know I, I only had the best of intentions. Well, well, I know, Doctor. Look, and I, I think I'm actually getting smarter as long. I think as the longer the hair grows on my belly, the more smart I get. And I'm well, afraid maybe the longer you're talking to me too. But may, whatever. Maybe. And what I'm were you saying? I'm afraid to cut that because I might get dumb after cutting that hair. So I just let it get uh, all grown out and kind of like a Samson thing or something. Yeah, kind oh, of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm getting. That was my point there. And I I know that you were just trying to help, and I'm I'm really not mad. I. It kind of actually turns out that my wife kind of likes a man with a hairy stomach. She's kind of weird that way. But she has been calling me her big teddy bear lately. Well, there you go, Gary. Everything working together for good. Don't press your luck, Dr. Luke. Just be glad I'm not pressing charges for medical malpractice. But sincerely, thank you for visiting with us. And yes, I really do look forward to talking with you again soon. We are the messenger of KFUO and, uh, yeah. Let me move my papers out of the way. And my buttons keep popping up because of this hair. It's kind of weird. Maybe I will have to shave it. We are KFUO.org.